I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Welcome into the nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. It's season one, episode 138, Motor City Misfits. We're going to preview in the final segment, Amal, the Detroit Lions. That's great. I'm still trying to figure out who the hell told you this 138, 139 is a way to start a show. Um, I think the, the amalgamation of all the different producers that passed through here came up with this idea as a collective. Uh, big show today. We have Brian Geltziler going to talk about the first day of free agency uh, in the NBA, a lot of re-signings, but a couple of moves, new new faces and new places. We started for two weeks of mall with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. We led every show with it. The, the fans really like that. They say, find a topic, stick to it for 10 or 12 shows. Let's stay with the Colts. Yesterday, obviously, the news, Carson Wentz is going to have surgery on his foot. He's out five to 10 weeks. Followed up by today, Cole, Quinton Nelson suffers the same injury and could also miss five to 12 weeks. You talked about Nelson as being one of the best offensive linemen in football yesterday on the top of the show when we looked at the Colts' chances to still make the playoffs or win the AFC South. What does this do? This news do to those chances? Well, it's going to be a huge blow. You know, you talked about the loss of Wentz. Obviously, that's a concern, but when you look big picture, to me, you said one of, I think Nelson is the best offensive lineman in the NFL. Him not being in there impacts Jonathan Taylor, impacts the rest of this line. Jacob Eason, potential starter there. And by the way, I know you were joking, right, weren't you? I just want to get clarity on the Sam Ellinger starting. 
Well, it's possible that he could just start at some point. Are you surefire that Jacob Eason is an NFL quarterback? No, I know one thing, though. Sam Ellinger is not. And Mike Sando is not surefire of that either. I mean, we <laughs> talked to Mike Sando, senior NFL writer from The Athletic yesterday. Like he said, what do you know about East? There's no sample size. I mean, it's it's guesswork to try to project out how good they're going to be with, uh, with, with Jacob Eason. You're not as high on Ellinger as others might be. Others. Who are these others? If they were so high on him, they would have drafted him. If, he, if they were so high on him, uh, you know, what's his name? Would The new coach there, Sark, would have said, yeah, come back for your ninth year. But they didn't ask him to come back. There's a reason for it. So now you look at this Colts team. Quarterback is a concern, obviously, without Wentz. Wentz doesn't have the ability to stay healthy. That was the first thing I said all along. And I wish taking the under bet, unfortunately here we don't have DraftKings access within the state of Nevada. But that was an under bet that's going to already cash probably within a couple of weeks. I mean, this guy would have to throw for 400 yards every game, assuming he plays enough games to even get you there. Let's talk about the Colts. Still 20 to 1 to come out of the AFC. Odds drifting up now, plus 180. We saw a few weeks ago, they were almost the co favorites with the Titans to win the South, both of them at around even money. Now, Titans are, are the favorites. Colts drifting up 170 yesterday, now 180 off this news that Quentin Nelson is going to be out for. Possibly the same amount of time as Carson Wentz, five to 12 weeks. Our producer, Jacob Roach, would really like us to touch on that week one matchup where the Seahawks go to Indianapolis to play the Colts. Uh, two and a half, now the line up to three. I think you said yesterday, lay the three in this spot with the Seahawks. Well, I didn't realize the line had reversed that much uh, because remember the Colts were two, two and a half point mm-hmm. favored. I think you still probably at two and a half would have been a good take. Even at three, it's not the end of the world. Uh, look, Ryan Kelly center out for the Colts. He's going to be out for a few weeks. He's going to miss the first couple of games. Eric Fisher coming off of an Achilles injury. Darius Leonard dealing with an injury. Also, you've got uh, Xavier Rhodes with uh, COVID. So this team is right now decimated early on from an injury standpoint. It's going to be tough to get any continuity as you go in. And remember that one last week of you know the excuse me the training uh, preseason game. So always a concern from that perspective as well. Amal, when you look at the Colts and the betting opportunities for them. Uh, they go now to minus 140 that they'll miss the playoffs. Take a, take thinking about how they're going to be in the landscape of the AFC, who are the wild card teams going to be, and if we've decided they're not really going to compete for the AFC South title against the Titans, is this a good play now to lay the 140 that they won't make the playoffs, or is it still too dicey depending on if they're both back in five weeks or are they both going to be out 12 weeks? Well, let's quickly look uh, from my perspective. AFC North, you've got two teams, Pittsburgh and Cleveland and uh, Baltimore. I, one of them is going to win the division, and then the other two could potentially be a wild card. You, uh, San, uh, the Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers, a potential team. And then, of course, uh, to me, the Raiders could sneak in if everything broke right. I know uh, some people are trying to tell us that Denver Broncos are potential Super Bowl champions. But out of the AFC East, there's really no legitimate contenders, in my opinion. You so, don't think that the Patriots uh, are well, borderline? I'm sorry, they have Bill Belichick, right? They have, and they have, you know, they were, out, they were missing six defensive starters that opted out during COVID. Did they get younger? I don't know if they got younger. We, we know that Cam didn't get any younger. Um, so when, when you're looking at this mishmash of who's going to be wildcard teams, I think, we, I think we know either Cleveland or Baltimore and probably San Diego. Uh, could the Colts compete for the uh, third spot? This is the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's a Mall Shaw. Brian Gelsiler is going to join the show in just about five minutes talking about the injury to Quentin Nelson, offensive lineman for the Colts. Same as Carson Wentz. Might be out five to 12 weeks as well. That's a big blow. By the way, uh, I noticed Jacob put up the uh, board on the AFC East, and right now the Bills are still in at minus 150 at DraftKings. This is the best bet of the NFL season because I think the Buffalo Bills are the only team in their division that could lose their starting quarterback and still win their division. I think this Bills team has a a real good possibility of winning 13 or 14 games, and I don't know if anybody else in the division can win nine. 
I'm, I agree with you. I, I completely agree with you. Look, l- can we just go ahead and eliminate the Jets off the yes, top? Okay, they, they were the number two. Through them. Yeah, okay, best case scenario, they win seven games. And that's assuming everything breaks correctly. I mean, realistically, probably a five-win team if everything goes well. The Dolphins, they played a very weak schedule. Tua was, you know, a lot of times, you, I mean, you had Fitzpatrick in there. Tua's not the guy, at least from what we saw early on. Now, maybe that could change in year number two. We saw Josh Allen take a huge step forward once we saw Stephon Diggs come into Buffalo. And then the New England Patriots, quarterback is still iffy. Look, in this league, I, I get your point on the defense returning six guys for, who opted out due to COVID. But, Mike, how impactful can they be if Cam Newton can't move the football? I, th- I think they'll find a way to win games. I think, I think I'd project them out at an 8-9 and nine or 9-8 nine and eight team. Maybe they overachieve and they can get to 10 wins. But, boy, this Buffalo team was good. They were coming on at the end of the year last year. They were blowing teams out by 25, 30 points within their division. Of course, they run into Kansas City on the road, and that's always a tough thing uh, after getting by the Colts in the first round of the playoffs. Yesterday, Amal, was the first day of free agency in the NBA. We saw a lot of teams retaining players, extending their contracts. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Chris Paul, big news, uh, four-year deal for $120 million. I was actually surprised initially when he opted out. But, see, I don't, I don't get this if you're the Phoenix Suns. Um, Chris Paul potentially would have walked. But why are you signing him to a four-year deal? What is he, 36 years old? How impactful is he going to be at 40 uh, when you consider he's going to play three more years before you even get to that 40th, uh, fourth year in 40? Would you have considered not signing him if you were Phoenix? Yeah, but I don't think these teams are willing to make the decisions that I would make from a business and a tactical standpoint. That's why I've always respected Even though it hasn't worked out for Philadelphia, I've respected what Sam Hinkie was trying to do. Because the reality of it is, if you're not good enough to win a championship, which the Phoenix Suns realistically are not if everybody's healthy. You know, it was a year where you were decimated with injuries. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a real challenge. They're not quite there. They don't have enough pieces, in my opinion. I get they got to the conference finals, but Kawhi was hurt. Le, Le, AD was hurt. You've had teams that have just had injuries. Denver, we saw the injuries to uh, Murray. And, of course, Porter also got hurt in the series. So I, I would not sign a Chris Paul. In the back end of this deal, Mike, you're going to be looking to do a sign and trade, and the only thing that's going to benefit them, there's enough dumb GMs in the NBA that James Jones will eventually be able to move this piece. Amal, do they have enough of a nucleus with, with Aiton and Booker to be competitive at the top of the West? When you say at the top of the West, define West. I mean, I define the top. Top two, top four. I, I'm saying they make the Western Conference semifinals um, regularly. Western Conference semis? That's yes. only getting through the first round of the playoffs. Okay. I mean, that's well, a they hadn't made the playoffs in 11 years. They get to the finals. I, I, I mean, there's it. a lot of ground between Dude, those two. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I think they have that. I think they have the, a chance to do that. But when you look at the West and how competitive it is, I mean, it's not easy. You, Denver's going to be right back. Uh, Murray may come back midseason. That's fine. As long as he's ready for the playoffs, as long as, as, long as he gets a month before the playoffs start. Uh, Porter, there, were, there were reports Kawhi may not be with the Clippers next year over the weekend. Yeah, they both opted out, Paul George and... Uh, and, of course, Kawhi Leonard. I, I think they both will re-sign. I'm not sure what the situation is going to be, but that team still looks dangerous. The Lakers, despite the fact trying to assemble the oldest team in the history of the NBA, they look like they're trending in the right direction. How big a deal drumming to the 76ers? I actually think it helps Joel Embiid. You know, I saw a great quote from a scout regarding uh, Andre Drummond. He goes, that guy can get you 35-20 and 20 and is the most... Uh, or it's the least impactful 35-20 and 20 you'll ever see. But I think when you look at the size of this team, Embiid, Drummond, and Simmons, think about what they could be from a defensive standpoint. Well, they are—they already were an elite defensive team, uh, and now you add another elite defensive player and rebounder. I love the move, and I think it hurts the Lakers. Um, why do you say it hurts the Lakers? Because they lose him. He, you know, I just don't think he fit in with the Lakers. No. So you think this is a good deal both ways? 
Yeah, I, look, I, as an anti-Laker person, I was I was happy that they didn't retain him. Well, we could sit around and talk about the free agency and NBA all day, but let's bring in an expert. Brian Geltseiler joins the program again, of course, at Hoops Critic, uh, Sirius XM NBA show that everybody listens to. It's just a terrific show in the mornings. Welcome, Brian. Hey, guys. How we doing? We're doing great. Let's talk about this day one of free agency. Were the Miami Heat the biggest winners on day one, Brian? No doubt. No doubt. Listen, the Miami Heat were aggressive. They went and got their guy in Kyle Lowry, who I know you listen, I'm, I'm a big fan of Goran Dragic's game, but for their purposes, he's a significant upgrade. They need a guard that can at least make life a little bit tough on the Brooklyn guards. They're hoping that's Kyle Lowry. He gives them a much better chance to do that than Goran Dragic did. They brought in P.J. Tucker, who's getting up there in years, but by the same token brings a toughness and, and a defensive mindset and can still guard people and hit a corner three. So he will help them tremendously as well. And then, listen, I know they paid a lot to keep Duncan Robinson, but that shooting that Robinson and he will provide, especially when you're going with Lowry here, are a vital, vital part of what they do. So to me, you look at everything together and how they pulled it all together, the Heat were no doubt the biggest winners, and they put themselves in the conversation as a top-of-the-conference team here with Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Brian, when you look at Miami, you genuinely believe now they're there to compete with Brooklyn and Milwaukee? And also, what about the 76ers? Do you like the acquisition of Andre Drummond? All right, well, let's talk about the, the about Miami competing with Brooklyn and Milwaukee. I think Andre Drummond would have been better with Miami because I think the one thing Miami does need, and they're counting a lot on Dwayne Dedman to do this, and I don't know that he's the right guy to count on, is they're going to have to have more lineup versatility where they can have times that they can play Bam Adebayo with the four. They ultimately see sooner rather than later Bam Adebayo becoming their best player and the lead dog on this team. To do that, you're going to have to unlock his position versatility. He can do a great job playing for Bam's a tremendous athlete, but they have a need for him at the five that I actually think is putting a ceiling on who he can be. Now, Debman played well for them last year. I can't say he didn't. With all that said, I'm just not so sure that he's going to be the guy they're going to use for minutes in the playoffs in these types of spots. And, and I think Drummond would have looked good in that role for them. He really would have. As far as Drummond going to the Sixers, it's a strange decision for Andre Drummond, a strange career decision, because, yes, he'll get some time when Joel Embiid sits. He'll start in those particular situations. But push comes to shove in big-time playoff spots. You're not playing them both together. And Drummond's not going to get a you know, listen, Embiid's going to play 38 to 40 minutes of playoff games. Drummond's going to spend a lot of time sitting on the bench. I, it's a chance to be part of a winning situation. But didn't he have that last year with the Lakers? And what happened to him? He wanted to be the starting center. They started him. Their elimination game, he got a DMP coach's decision. So I, I don't I understand what Philly's doing and getting him on the cheap, and I don't disagree with it. I don't know that this is going to meet Andre Drummond's expectations or be the type of thing for his career that he's looking for where he can play himself into a larger contract next year. Brian, the Suns re-signed Chris Paul four years, up to $120 million. The contract ends when he's 40 years old. Do the Suns have enough to make another run to the finals, or was it just a case of injuries falling the right way for them in the West and their path being very easy this year? Everything fell right for them. I don't know that I want to say the path was very easy. Listen, they had, they had a beat-up Laker team with LeBron and AD, um, and you know, and again, they were without you know those they were without AD for a couple of games there, so they certainly lucked out there. Denver was a tired team, no Jamal Murray, and they kicked their backsides. 
And let's face it, they got the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. So it did fall right for them. With all that said, they're not operating as if it's going to be a cakewalk back there. They realize they need to be better. They saw how Milwaukee exploited their lack of big man depth. And quite frankly, as good a player as Dario Saric is, if that's the guy you're counting on to the extent that they were counting on him, that's probably a roster construction issue. They solved that with JaVale McGee. Um, I like the Javon Carter uh, trade. With the, they traded a first-round pick, a late first-round pick, to bring in Landry Shannon, who will be a rotation guy for them. Ultimately, I don't like having Chris Paul, having to pay Chris Paul $30 million at the age of 40. That would not make me comfortable or happy if I'm son's owner Robert Sarver. However, there's one larger thing at play here. If you let Chris Paul go because you won't meet his contract demands, you run the risk of Devin Booker saying you guys aren't serious about being a title contender for multiple years and keeping this thing above board. And, oh, by the way, I want out. And that's something that you want to avoid in the worst way. You, you're going to have to pay Aiton and Bridges. They're going to take the money whether Paul's there or not. But having Paul there makes Booker feel like you, you're the type of organization that he wants to be associated with long-term. And that has major, major value to this organization because Booker is their franchise guy. Talking with Brian Geltseiler, you can hear his show on SiriusXM with Sam Mitchell on the weekends. Find him on Twitter at HoopsCritic. Brian, I love the point you just made as to the reason for re-signing Paul for that longer deal to appease uh, Booker long t- moving forward long term. Because I was a critic of this uh, re-signing by Phoenix. I-, I thought, okay, great, if you get him for two years before years, you're going to wind up with the back end of an Albert Pujols near the end, especially with a point guard and the amount of miles Paul has on him. Want to look big picture in terms of free agency. Kawhi and Paul George opting out of their contracts with the Clippers. If you are a Clippers fan or if you're Steve Ballmer, are you concerned in terms of where these two guys are going or they're just going to sign long-term deals with the Clips? Well, let me correct you. George has signed an extension. Oh, he did. Okay, sorry. So, yeah, so George is there. Um, Kawhi has opted out of his deal, but he's likely to have to sit the entire season after the ACL surgery next season. And the Clippers are very comfortable. I, I, I have on good authority that they're re-signing Kawhi Leonard. Um, Leonard did not plan any visits with other teams. Um, it's just a question of how they want to structure the deal, and that's where the conversations are right now. Um, it, you could have made the case that it would have been smarter for Kawhi to opt in um, because he's going to be eligible for a Supermax type of deal next year because he'll have 10-year service time at that point. Um, he chose to opt out this year, and I think you're likely to see him sign another one of those one-and-one deals, and, and he's going to be in fine shape to sign that Supermax next year. So I think the Clippers are in pretty good shape here with Kawhi. They know that he's going to be back, and it's a question next year of kind of seeing how far Paul George can take them. It, it's you know George seemed to really thrive in the role as the lead guy for them at the end of the Utah series and in the Phoenix series. And although they didn't win that series, it was not because of Paul George. He played really, really well. So I think that they're looking at this as an opportunity with the knowledge that once Kawhi Leonard gets back and the experience they've had and the development guys have had in playing without Kawhi, you know, that that's something that I think they think they're going to benefit from. The big issue for them is Reggie Jackson. And the more cap space gets dried up around the league, the better it is for the Clippers because he has early bird rights, which means they're limited in what they can pay him. They can pay him around $10, 11000000 million a year. And that's it. Jackson's hoping to command more than that on the open market. Up till now, he hasn't. So I think when you look at the Clippers, that's the key guy here. He really played a huge role in Kawhi's absence, and you want to have him back. He solidified that point guard position for them in a way that they desperately needed. Brian Lonzo Ball, four years, $85 million, goes to the Chicago Bulls. Are they a playoff team with him? Nope. 
I'm just not feeling it. I just don't know that he's enough of a leader. Now, listen, I will say this. There's talks right now, and Mark Stein just tweeted this out, that there's talk of a sign-and-trade with the Bulls and the Spurs, with DeMar DeRozan and Lowry Markkinen. If the Bulls get DeRozan, I'm going to feel a little bit differently. I like DeRozan more than most guys. He's a bucket getter. He's a winner. He's an unselfish player. He's been around a long time. He's a grinder. I, there's a lot of great things to say about DeRozan here. Um, if they get DeRozan, I'll probably feel a little bit differently. But I'm not looking at Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso. Oh, that's a lot of money for Alex Caruso. <laughs> I mean, word is is that is that the Lakers got you know got a call from Caruso's agent saying, this is what we've been offered. Will you match it? And they said, no, thank you. Smartly so. I, I think that's absurd money for Alex Caruso. And I think for Lonzo, you're going to pay a point guard that amount of money. You want him to be a vocal leader, and the Bulls need that. Lonzo's just not that. I just don't know. Even if he puts him in a 7-8 seed, where are you going? What are you doing? You don't have a good enough defensive team to be able to do it. You you'll, didn't have this year's lottery pick, which I believe would have been the 8 pick. Yeah, that you ended up having to give up in the Vucevic deal. Okay, Now, next you're not going to have another one down the line. This is a problem for the Bulls. I, I understand what they were looking at with Lonzo. Lonzo's a fine player, but I don't know that he transforms them into anything that they haven't been. And I think for the Bulls here, there's a, a significant ceiling on where this team is going. And they certainly jumped the gun on trying to make this a playoff contender much sooner than I think the group is ready to. Love the point you just made about that signing. I don't understand some of these signings. Sometimes it's going to get you to a six, seven, or eight seed and get you bounced in the first round. I want to talk to you a little bit about Trey Young. He signs a five-year, $207 million extension. Is Trey Young a guy that could attract other players to potentially down the line come and play with him in Atlanta? Or is that market one where guys may not want to go because even though it's a major metro, it just doesn't seem to have the glamour that you see in Miami, New York, L.A., other markets in the NBA? No, listen, I, I first of all, I think what we saw this year is that if the Hawks have a really good team on the floor, the, the, the community is going to turn out for them. So I don't think it's that bad a market at all. And then when you look at, at the way Young played in the playoffs, I think it's going to be very attractive to other players. What I'll say to you is that Atlanta has a numbers problem. They're a victim of drafting too well. And now they're going to have to figure out what to do with some of these salaries. One of the most compelling guys still sitting out there in free agency is John Collins. Because Atlanta, you know, he's turned down, in, uh, I believe, an $80 million extension before the season began for the Hawks, betting on himself, and played great. The problem is no one wants to run to sign him to an offer sheet because they don't want to drive the, and, and use the cap space for 48 hours. One thing to remember, guys, about this time of year in free agency, cap space is a major asset. Your time is a bigger asset than your cap space. And you can, and 48 hours is an eternity in free agent time. And no team has wanted to do that with Collins with the thought that Atlanta's likely to match. But Atlanta's in a tough spot here because they're going to have to figure out they, they need to bring Collins back. He played great in the playoffs. They're going to have to figure out in the next two years how to pay Collins, how to pay Cam Reddish, how to pay DeAndre Hunter, who they love, and how to pay Kevin Herter, who did a great job for them. They're in a little bit of a tough spot here with what they do going forward. The Hoops critic Brian Gelsiler, terrific stuff today, Brian. We always appreciate your knowledge and your energy. Always my pleasure, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Yesterday, Amal Shaw told you, who is Michael Waka to lay $2 to anyone? And the Mariners came away with the victory in the cash. Another matchup today between Seattle and the Rays. Is Amal looking at a plus price on the Mariners again? We'll talk about that and other Major League games up next on The Nuts.
from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago street course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Welcome back into the Nets. I'm Mike Palm. He's a mall Shaw. Let's go back to the Trop in Tampa Bay to start out here yesterday. Pretty easy for the Mariners yesterday as a $2 dog against Michael Waka. Today they get Louis Patino on the mound for Tampa, who beat that fraud Garrett Cole last time out, <laughs> who tested positive, by the way. Um, for, you say, for not being good? Yeah, for not being, for being overrated, for being yeah. a fraud Cy Young candidate. Uh, you say Kikuchi for the Mariners. Thought a good day for the Mariners yesterday. Toronto blows a game they needed to win against Cleveland at home in that matinee at the Rogers Center. They win. They make up some ground there. Uh, in in the wild card and uh, and on Toronto, a little bit less of a favorite today. Dollar fifty five, dollar sixty today on the raise in a bounce back spot here against Kikuchi. Total them all of eight. You can get even money or even plus uh, plus one hundred five in some spots on the under. Yeah, I like the uh, potential for the race to bounce back here. I'm not going to touch this game uh, because uh, Kikuchi on the mound here on the flip side. But Tampa, to me, again, Mike, I know they had a great weekend against Boston, but they don't score consistently. It's like it always seems to be one big inning, sometimes aided by an error or what have you. An opportunity here for the M's uh, to take another one. Uh, this team has a chance. Uh, I know you believe them. I don't. But they have a chance to be a contender. Ray's going to have to continue to play well to keep the Red Sox off their heels. I don't know if we'd look at this. We'd have to do some research. When we come off these series with the big win, that first game I did, they did this against Baltimore, against these teams that they're expected to win. They struggle in that first game of a new series. So go back and do some research on that. Next game we had on the lineup. I was going to ask you one concern. Yeah. 
Kikuchi in terms of what he's done his last 12 games, I mean, last four games, given up uh, 18 runs. Any concerns in this one? Yeah, I, I, here's what I think about this number. I think this number is too low. Uh, you think I, it should be higher? I think it should be higher. I think it should be eight and a half or nine. Um, because, you know, Patino's first year starting here, and then Kikuchi has not been. He went through a stretch where he had six out of seven quality starts, and as you said, has not been sharp the last four now. We talked about it last time out, had not been sharp the last three. San Diego and Oakland was going to be a rematch of a pitching matchup at Petco, this time north, going north in California to Oakland Alameda. But Manaya's been scratched. That's why the, that's why uh, this number has uh, has been off the board in many spots. Snell going for San Diego. Remember, they left Snell out there to get whacked around against Manaya. Manaya pitched great against him. I thought this was a spot to play Oakland back again against Snell, who's been terrible on the road. But now we're still waiting to see who the A's are going to pitch tonight. This is a very key series in the wild card races in both leagues. Yeah, I got a great Blake Snell stat for you. In his last nine starts, three times he's given up a touchdown. Think about that. To give up seven earned runs in three of your last nine starts, absolutely alarming if you're a Padres fan. Uh, I think I'd have a hard time backing him. Who did you say is going to go on the bump for Oakland? We don't know yet. That's why it's off off the board in a lot of spots. This was going to be a play for me tonight on Manaya. I was going to lay a price here. Just because Snell's been so bad and then got hammered by the A's last time out. I think if you're Oakland, you got a great opportunity. You're hitting here. No Tatis in the lineup for this Padres team. They did have a good win against Colorado. I thought one of the better bets we've seen all baseball, seeing them and the Phillies on Sunday. Can they bounce back here in this spot? Remains to be seen. I have concerns with Blake Snell on the mound. Here's a game that I think you're going to be interested in. It's a really premium, premier matchup tonight. The game of the day in Dodger Stadium. My guy Walker Bueller goes for the Dodgers. I still make the argument with the Grom on the bench, that Walker Buehler is as, as likely as any candidate to win the Cy Young in the National League. He takes on uh, Car- uh, Lance McCullers Jr. for the A's. We, or Astros. As opposed to senior? We saw, yeah, senior, Senior, he'd probably be $3 against senior. <laughs> we saw this number on the overnight yesterday at $1.50. It's now up to $1.75, $1.80 in most spots. You interested in my boy Buehler here tonight? Uh, uh, Buehler, Buehler, <laughs> anyone? Uh, yes, I am, actually, and I'll tell you why, Mike. I took this play yesterday at minus 150. I have a play with this game a little bit different coming up later on, but I thought Walker Buehler, Dodgers 14-7 and seven in his, uh, his 21 starts so far this year. I want a quick stat I want to give you. In those games, now, the, the first two games that he pitched this year, they won by one run. Since that time, Mike, the other 12 victories in which he's been involved in, they've won by two runs or more. So I, I'd be looking here at the Dodgers on the run line against McCullers. I think, the excuse me, the Dodgers with that offense – they got it going in Arizona, and I think it'll continue, even though McCullers on the mound has done an effective job. And I think these matchups in National League parks hurt teams like Houston because you don't have the DH in there. And one other thing, this is a revenge spot. Trust me, when you're any member of that Dodgers team that lost to this Astros team, you will not forget that this is going to be a focused Dodger team. This is normally just be a regular season matchup of two good teams, but I think it's got a little something extra in it for L.A. We've talked about Urias for the Dodgers, surprising that he leads them in wins. Yeah. Uh, and was tied for the National League and wins with 12. Bueller, though, I mean, when you take a look at the stats, 11 and 1, 219 ERA, a whip below one, 139 strikeouts, and 135 innings. He's just been so consistent all year long. Yeah, 1.67 ERA in the month of uh, he was July. He was of the month of the National League. League. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Just gave up six earned runs. Uh, three hits last time out in San Francisco, zero earned runs. I think that trend continues. I don't know if he's that dominant, but I love the way Walker Buehler's pitching and really turning himself to an elite number one. And we saw the Astros struggle to score runs a little bit, especially in the later innings in San Francisco. Okay, when we come back, we're going to play another one of our favorite games Over or out? Will the college football team go over their win total or will the coach get fired? That's next on The Nuts.
The VEASAN College Football Betting Guide is here. Start your football season on the right foot with our expert analysis and picks for conference champions, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff teams, plus power ratings for every team. Now is also a great time to get your all-access VEASAN subscription, including our college and pro football betting guides, along with everything we offer for the entire football season. Get your college football betting guide for only $19.99 or start your free all-access trial today at vsin.com slash subscribe. Mal Shaw joins Mike Palm here on The Nuts every day, Monday through Friday. I'm going to take a couple days off at the end of this week. You'll be with Russ, and the next week you're out, and I'll have a variety of co-hosts trying to fill your very large uh, six-foot-two shoes. Hey, good luck. Yeah. Um, Amal, we like to play this game, speaking of college football, over and out, where yep. we look at a team's win total, and then you tell us whether they're going to exceed the win total or if the coach is going to get fired. In some cases, uh, neither. In some cases, both. But mostly, it's a binary thing here. I want to start in the Pac-12 with a couple of... Well, these are all Pac-12. I want to start in Southern California with a coach I think is really on the hot seat, in part due to the large contract and the amount of money they're paying him, and that's Chip Kelly at UCLA. Now, the season win total is seven for the Bruins of all. Are they going to exceed the seven, or will Chipster be out? Boy, this is a tough one, and I'll tell you what, Mike, I'd have to lean towards the under. I know they've got a lot coming back. DTR back under center. Offensively, they should be far better. I think they've got nine starters back on offense, but to me, when you look at the schedule, Mike, they play Hawaii. This helps. They play that first weekend on a Saturday. Then they play LSU on September 4th, and I think that's a benefit because LSU doesn't play that weekend, so you've got a game under your belt. That should benefit you. Uh, also, uh, Brennan, the quarterback uh, at uh, LSU, he's going to be out for three months, so now you're in a situation where you're going to be with the backup. Fresno State should be winnable at home. At Stanford, is going to be a critical game. Arizona State at home. Jaden Daniels, I think, should have a terrific year for the Sun Devils. I mean, Mike, I'm potentially looking at this team being 2-3 and three or 3-2 three and two if things break well 4-1 and one after the first five games. At Arizona, should be a W. At Huskies, uh, that's going to be a tough one up in Seattle. At Utah's tough. Oregon at home. Boy, Colorado should win uh, the rivalry game at USC and then Cal. Oh, boy. Are they playing? Uh, I want to see if they're playing 12 or 13 games here. 12. They're but they are 12. playing 12. Okay. Uh, I, I got to go under here. I think this team is you five. Think six and six? Well, look. What games are they going to be favored in? Okay, they're going to be favored against Hawaii. Yeah, dog against LSU, favored against Fresno, dog at Stanford. They'll be favored against Colorado. Yeah, they'll be a they'll and, be a slight favorite against Arizona State, favorite against Arizona, you favorite think against be a favorite against Arizona State. Yes, because it's at home. Will they or be a favorite on the their... road in Tucson at Arizona? Yes, okay. everybody's a favorite there. Yeah, and they'll be favored at home against Cal. Against Cal, yes, but right. at SC, at Utah, at Washington, versus Oregon, all oh, dogs. Yeah, I mean, you look at that stretch, and you get Arizona at home. I mean, those are four games that they could go easily on four. You got to beat LSU just to get to seven. I, I don't know if they do it. You'd like the under here because you don't you don't see this team being eight and four. No, <laughs> I, <laughs> it's a great way of phrasing it. Yeah, I, I do not see that. I think this is a solid under. But here, here's the thing in week two: how do you make this total high enough against LSU? I mean. Jerry Ozanaro and Bo Pelini have to be one and one A as worst defensive coordinator performance last year. Uh, I would know Bo Pelini's by, in a class he's, by himself. He's, he's yeah. all by himself. Because remember, Arkansas the next week, they didn't give up any passing yards against uh, Mississippi State. Uh, real quick, and I know we're going to move on here, but at SC, Oregon's going to be great. Kayvon Thibodeau might kill uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson this year. Because remember, that's a revenge game. Ducks lost at home last year. So I think it's going to be tough for them to get to eight wins. If they finish 6-6, six and six, or worse, is Chip Kelly out? 
I don't know. It depends. Remember, UCLA is a public school. Do they want to pay the kind of money? Who are you going to bring in? Because I think if you get rid of Chip Kelly, the question is who's available that you want to bring into UCLA that's going to elevate the program. All right, let's travel north and talk about Oregon State. The Beavers win total set at five. Will oh. they go? Will they go over the five wins, or is former QB Jonathan Smith out? Uh, Jonathan Smith has, I think, nine wins in his three years there so far. Two wins, five wins, and two wins, if I'm not mistaken. And when you look at this schedule at Ross State, at Purdue, if they don't win this game, which I think is going to be tough, they probably won't. Hawaii's coming in, won't be easy. Uh, the Vandals, of course, <laughs> you're going to be able to vandalize that team. At USC, Washington, uh, rivalry game, but that one is at Research Stadium, so they have a chance there in uh, Husky, St- excuse me, in Pullman. Uh, over under five, uh, got to go under here. I don't see where they're getting six wins. I don't see how they even get the actually five wins. Big game in West Lafayette for both coaches. Both coaches yeah, on the Jeff hot Brown, seat. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a good win for Jeff Brown before he gets absolutely crushed in the Big Ten. All right, now let's go back south down the coast uh, to Southern California to talk about USC. Total set at eight and a half. Um, I know Yogi Bernstein had high hopes for this team. He thinks they could be a playoff team. Clay Helton obviously got the contract extension. Will USC go over eight and a half wins? Yes. So Clay Helton will be fine. Yeah, he'll be fine. They'll go over. But you look at the schedule. They should start out 5 or 6-0 and before they have the bye week. The, the bye week comes at the perfect time for them. Real quickly, San Jose State won't be as good as they were last year. Stanford uh, at Washington State, Oregon State at Colorado, uh, and Utah at home. If this game were in Salt Lake City, I would make the Utes the team to win this game. But the fact that this is in Los Angeles, I like them over the Utes, even though Whittingham, to me, is probably the best coach in the league. Uh, they could start 6-0. Then they have the bye. Then they go to South Bend. Uh, tough game, even if they lose that game. Arizona at home at, at Arizona State. That's a game Arizona State's going to have circled because they gave that one away against the Trojans last year. At Cal won't be easy, but should be able to get the win. UCLA and then closing out with BYU. 8-4, and 9-3 and three for the uh, Trojans. Their three non-conference games are spread all out. First game of the year, home to San Jose State. Then after the bye, they go to Notre Dame. And then home to BYU, a game they lost in Provo last year. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be able to bounce back at home. The only thing I don't like, though, is that SC and UCLA play a game after the rivalry game. I mean, come on, it's a rivalry game. Make that the final game of the regular season. Talk to me about BYU. How, how much drop-off losing the quarterback? It's going to be huge. Uh, Kalani Sataki's team was terrific last year. They'll rely on their defense. Also, the running game is going to take a hit as well this year. How uh, offensively they're going to be is a big question mark. Defensively, they'll be solid. All right, let's go up north again then and talk about the University of Washington. The Huskies win total set at 8.5. Can they go over 8.5 wins, or will Jimmy Lake be out? No, Jimmy Lake's second year, I mean, look, they, 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 what, they were, what, 3-1 and one last year? I mean, but this team, look, they've got – a program-defining game for both teams September 11th in the big house. Michigan and Washington, this is a critical game for both sides. Well, Michigan, obviously, we know the challenges they have. Washington, if they win this one, this could be a huge momentum builder for them moving forward. They've already lost a couple of recruits that were top 10 recruits in the state last year. They both ended up signing with Ohio State. But they've got a chance to get off to a fast start. If they can somehow beat Michigan, uh, Mike, this team could be undefeated 5-0 and going into UCLA on October 16th. I agree with you. What do you make the number in that Michigan game? Uh, Michigan probably going to be uh, 7. Really? Yeah. What if the game was played in Washington? I'd probably make it close to a pick'em. Pick'em. Yeah. That's interesting. I'll take the 7. Give me 7. I'm not sold on Michigan. It's, it's not about that. It's the fact that in college football, for some reason, for the last 70 years, we believe that mediocrity is okay. Well, speaking of Michigan and the state of Michigan, we will finish our preview of the NFC North with the Detroit Lions. Are they going to be as bad as the markets indicate? Pretty darn bad. 
Dan Campbell takes over, and we'll see how tough this team can be. That's next on The Nuts. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. With exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boost, and the largest offer of live in-play options, BetRivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. And to make your experience even more rewarding, BetRivers offers the most live streams of major sports instant payouts and only one-time playthrough. BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9 with the Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. Amal, I know a nation of nuts listeners in somber stillness waits for a play from you. We haven't had a play in five days since last Thursday. So let's end the suspense. Do we have a play tonight? We do. Amal's in. Yes, I am. We're going back to Chavez Ravine. We discussed this game earlier. Walker Bueller on the bump. Last 19 games in which he started for the Dodgers out of 21 starts this year. Dodgers have won 12 of those 19 games, and they've won all 12 of them by a run and a half or more. So 
We'll take the Dodgers here, laying a run and a half, plus 120 against the Houston Astros. I also made this play yesterday at minus 150 on L.A., but don't want to give that out. Now the line sitting at 170 to 175. Lance McCullers Jr., I don't know how effective and impactful he'll be. This Dodgers offense is starting to heat up. 19 runs in the last two games. Uh, I think they continue to flourish. I have three plays tonight. Let's start out with your boy, Zach Wheeler. What a horrific thing this is. Remember, this was a four-unit play for me. It was going to be Zach Wheeler against Pat Corbin. The Nats, Trey Turner gets taken out the night before uh, in the second inning of the game. They postpone the game. They make it a doubleheader on Thursday, and he ends up going against Scherzer instead of Corbin. Gets beaten. They lose in that game 3-1 to one with a homer in the top of the ninth. I'm going to come back with Wheeler here on the run line at the Nats against Corbin tonight. I think they're going to score some runs this time. Corbin's not going to get the best of them twice. He rallied last night and came away with that victory, trailing 3-2 much of the way. they got to beat these teams with losing records, the Phillies, to make up grounds to have a shot here. Nobody in the East is going to be a wild card. You have to win that division. There's only one team making the playoffs out of that. It's a minus 110 on the run line. I think the Red Sox can make up some ground at Detroit. Speaking of Detroit, we're going to preview the Lions here in a few minutes. Uh, Garrett Richards tonight, pretty cheap favorite for the Red Sox uh, when they're playing here against the Tigers, against Wandy of the Flying Peralta brothers. Uh, Minus 140 on Garrett Richards. And then I just have to have a play on this game because I love this pitcher from the Twins, and I love this Reds team that I bet on. Molly against Maeda. I don't really want to lay a big price. Couldn't pull the trigger with Maeda because this Twins team is sort of playing out the string. But I'll take under five at the small park. Get those four outs. Maeda will not get a base hit tonight. I'll guarantee you that. Under four and a half, the first five, I laid 105 of them all. You know, uh, I'm not thrilled about your under on this play only because it's at the Great American Small Park. That's the one thing that concerns me, but not a bad play uh, in this matchup here. I know your guy, Kenta Maeda, is going. Uh, Peralta on the bump here tonight. Uh, You know, Pittsburgh team is just not, they scored two runs, I think, what, in the ninth inning last night? Couldn't do anything. So Milwaukee, a good opportunity here to put some more separation between themselves and the Reds. All right, let's preview the Detroit Lions. This is the final team in our... Uh, I thought you were going to say, let's not say we did. Well, well, we have to. We're, we're obligated to do so. Uh, the Detroit Lions, 200-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, 100-1 to 1 to win the NFC, 28-1 to 1 to win the NFC North. Win total, I'm, I'm shocked by this. I mean... I know they haven't, you know, what Matthew Stafford played in one playoff game and they have one playoff win in their history, but four and a half, four and a half and a 17-game schedule to make the playoffs plus 750 and to miss the playoffs minus 1,400. Well, it's not like the schedule makers did them any favors. Let's look at the first five games. San Francisco at Green Bay, Baltimore at Chicago, at Minnesota. I mean, not only are they going to probably lose these five games, but they're looking at, I mean, these are competitive games and teams... uh, it's going to be a tough one for them there. All right, let's say four, they, four of the five made the playoffs. Okay, they start off zero and five. Uh, is that a good reason to try to go under the f- four and a half wins here? Because it is a plus price to go under plus one twenty. Yeah, look, I'm not a big Jared Goff guy. Cincinnati, they should be able to win at home if they're going to get a win at the Rams. They're probably not going to win. Philly at home, they can win that game. At Pittsburgh, at Cleveland, Chicago, Minnesota, at Denver. Uh, according to the odds makers here, they have no chance in Denver, but I think they've got a better chance in Denver than most people realize. Uh, when I look at the schedule, Mike, whoo! Mm. All right, this is going to have to be an underplay. This is <laughs> going to get plus one twenty. Yeah, you have to take a shot here. Look, I don't think this is necessarily a great bet when you're taking teams to win such few games, especially with the 17th game. That Packers game may not be uh, – it could be meaningless for Green Bay, so they could steal that game. That's one thing you have to take into consideration. Uh, but I think they're going to be really challenged this year to be able to win five games. Would you say the winnable games are week six at home to the Bengals, 
Win- I'm just saying winnable. Week I did, eight at home. I, to I the- did say that. Would you say that? I'm going to repeat it. Week eight at home to the Eagles. Week twelve at home to the Bears. Boy, I don't know. I don't like them on the road at the Falcons. Maybe. What about at Denver? I, they're going to they're they're be a, they're going to be a dog. five six point underdog in that game, don't you think? Traveling to to altitude. Yeah, nobody's ever won in Denver with uh, Drew Locke at quarterback. Well, I mean, do you, I still like that team with Drew Locke? You do. How far you like him? You like him going to Super Bowl? Or just short of that? No, I think they can get to six wins now. Let's take a look at that coaching matchup, though, with Dan Campbell going against Vic Fangio. That's going to be one of the great X and O games of the year. Well, first of all, why are you criticizing Campbell? You don't know what he can or can't do. Why? Because he said he's going to bite a couple of kneecaps? Now, let's take a listen to what he did say in his first press conference as Lions head coach. We're going to kick you in the teeth, all right? And when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off, all right? And we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. All right, and on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap, and we're going to get up, and then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before, before long, we're going to be the last one standing. Too bad they don't have Indomitian Sue. He was doing that in the previous time with the Lions. <laughs> that's exactly right. But, you know, the one thing strength the Lions do have, I think that's going to be pretty good. Panay Sewell, they drafted number five. Uh, in terms of the offensive line, you got Taylor Decker there, uh, Jonah Jackson. I think this offensive line, Frank uh, Ragno, uh, I think they could be effective. I, I, I'm not saying they're going to be great, but I think they can be effective. The problem with Goff is he's too much of a check down thrower. He's not a guy who's going to stretch the field, and that's the one area I have a concern with. Um, really some question marks overall in terms of the wide receiving core. Dan Campbell is 40-1 to 1 for Coach of the Year. Jared Goff, 200-1 to 1 for Offensive Player of the Year. Oh, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. But I, the Campbell one, Panay Sewell, Offensive Rookie of the Year? I Wait, I want to so. stay with Goff at 200-1. to 1. Has there been a quarterback that's had a bigger drop-off for a play caller than going from Sean McVay to Anthony Lynn? No. <laughs> no. Uh, you, you know, I know you've you've said doom and gloom for Goff. You didn't think he was going to perform very well. or uh, he, he was like the Alex Smith number one overall pick. You looked around and said, this is a game of musical cheers. Well, there are not a lot of options. Better take one. Yeah. I just think he doesn't get he – he, he had a pretty good situation with the, the offensive coordinator being McVay. They had great special teams, right, but, with, with Zerline and Hacker, and they had the top defense in the league. I mean, you can't get in much better spot than that unless you put the 18-wheeler behind you. Yeah, I agree with you there. And I, I don't necessarily agree on your criticism of Lynn from this standpoint. Uh, worst game clock manager in the history of the NFL. It's not even close. But from an offensive standpoint, they weren't that bad. They weren't disastrous. But here's the thing. You don't have a quarterback with the talent and the skill that you had with uh, Justin Herbert. No. I mean, you had a Cadillac oh, with oh, Justin Herbert. Absolutely. And then you had Williams and, uh, you know, Allen out there as well. So Hunter Henry, um, you know, Hawkinson's a good tight end. He's going to have to make use of him. They're going to need to do that. Brashard Perriman comes over. Let's see what he can do. Um, you know, I don't know if he's going to be as good as his father, Brett Perriman, was. But let's see how impactful he can be. Okay, I cut you off before you talked about Panay Sewell. We, you know, we lamented the Bengals for not taking him to protect Joe Burrow. Lions got very lucky; he fell into their laps. It is a tremendous draft pick for him, for them, especially as they build this team moving forward into being a competitive team once again. We look at his odds for Offensive Rookie of the Year at fifty to one. Has an offensive lineman ever won Offensive Rookie of the Year? Amal? Well, if it wasn't Joe Thomas when he was with the Browns, I don't know if anybody's ever going to do it. Yeah. You know, so. Just an impossible spot, I think. And then uh, Levi uh, Anwuzarike, defensive rookie of the year. Uh, no, I don't think so, because the Lions defense is not going to be particularly strong. You know, you look at this team, there's lots of question marks. 
I, I'm just not necessarily sold on this team when you look at them overall. Uh, still, lots lots of things to be addressed. Uh, we'll see how impactful he can be. Remember, he was with the Huskies. We'll see what he can do here on this team. I'm going under four and a half. I agree with you. Plus 120. I think that's the bet here on the Lions. I, you know, to me... I mean, we shouldn't be allowed to take minus 1,400 to miss the play. I mean, that's that's ludicrous. Would you make the bet? I mean, I would make the bet. I'd bet the sun's coming up tomorrow morning as well. But I'm just saying, for this show, I don't want to give out minus $1,400 plays here. Why? Then all your palm readers can criticize you when you miss. We could do... Uh, I could do a 100-unit play on this uh, to miss the playoffs, but I'd have to, I, I I'd, you, I'd I, have to wait six months. That, that plays a quarter unit. That <laughs> plays a quarter unit for like sure. sure. Like a UFC play. Let's uh, let's uh, recap here, uh, Amal, our thoughts on the NFC North. You're still a fan. You never thought Rodgers was going anywhere. You like the Packers to win the division. Here's where the disagreement has sort of been on Bears-Vikings. Are the Vikings clearly the number two team in this division? Is that my opinion or you want Paul Allen's opinion? No, Paul Allen gave us his opinion, which... Well, the Vikings are going 17-0, probably 20-0 after they win the Super Bowl. (laughs) Uh, no, look, in all seriousness, Green Bay is going to win this division. Minus 160 is a good price. Not quite as good as the Buffalo Bills at minus 150. Uh, but still, when you look at this, the uh, Vikings, I, I'm not seeing it. Now, they had a lot of injuries last year. They're going to be healthy. H- Kendricks, Barr, uh, Daniil Hunter back in the mix. They'll be a better defensive team. But offensively, can they stay healthy? And here's the problem. I think when you look at Minnesota, they've got good pieces. But Kirk Cousins is the one that slows them down. Would you consider this parlay of division champions? Okay, Can you Bit- do it? I, would you consider making this bet? Can you do it, though? I'm sure you can. And you, we can find a place to do it. Bills. Outside of Nevada, of course. Bills to win the AFC yeah. East. Packers to win the NFC North. Um, Don't worry, Titans, take your time. We have time. We have 40 seconds. Titans to win the NFC South. And then your play, the, the football team to win the NFC East in that four-team parlay. Or would you rather just bet the, the, the football team separately and parlay those three favorites? You, you answer my question. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you take those three teams. I think it's a great bet. I think the real best bet is the Packers and the Bills. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. I think the Titans, though, the more these Colts injuries come down. Yeah, if, well, well, what happens if the 18-wheeler has a flat? Well, then they're going to have to rely on my guy, Ryan Tannehill. Good luck. I, I still like the coaching staff, even though Arthur Smith goes to Atlanta. Under four and a half wins, plus 120. We both landed on that for the Lions. Stay tuned to VEASAN. Up next, it's betting across America. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.